Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the In Real Deep podcast, brought to you in part by Tazini Media. I'm your host, Steve Semino, senior writer at InRealDeep.com, and with us, as always, is executive editor Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Hey, Steve. How's it going? Good. Happy Thanksgiving. Almost, yes. We're right in the cusp. Much to be thankful for. <laughs> sure, kind of. Oh. I think we addressed on the last episode that maybe not as much as we should have. Maybe not as much as we thought we were going to have to be thankful for. <laughs> That's true. But what we do have to be thankful for as a respite from the potential horror is the movies. Mm-hmm. There's finally some good stuff coming out. Um, we we Obviously, we talked about Moonlight on the last episode, which was fantastic. And there's some other stuff, too. It's not all you know small indie art film darlings. There's some good big stuff coming out now, too. Yeah, uh, indeed. And one of them that we're going to talk about today is Arrival. Which is, as you put it in your review, is the latest adult sci-fi movie that makes you think and, you know, it sort of comes in the vein of, you know, it seems like once a year we get a sci-fi movie now that is not just, you know, Star Wars-y franchise blow them up and right. actually has some apparent depth to it. I guess what we'll talk about is how much depth there really is and what this, what these adult sci-fi movies really are and what they're all about. Yeah, and I don't mean to denigrate those other movies because they are fun, but uh, you know, it yeah, is, of course, it is nice to, it is nice to. I I, I think especially in this age of like uh, franchise movies where you feel like everything is being merchandised, it is nice to go see a movie like this that is you know, um, uh, still like sci-fi fantasy. No, I guess not fantasy really, but sci-fi oriented that is not also trying to sell me toys. Or set up for the next one right, explicitly. Right, right exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's no there's no sequel here, I hope. Uh, so. No. Yeah. Most so, likely not. We'll have to ask Dennis Villanueva to be sure, but I well, don't think he's going to do it. I say that, and uh, there's two. there happen to be two this year because we have the Passengers, the Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence one coming out in a couple weeks. So, but re- recent history, I, and I stole this from Mark Harris of uh, Grantland fame. I don't even know where he is now, but um, who said? I hope yeah. he's okay. I hope he's not lost. No, he's. I follow him on Twitter. He's still around, but <laughs> but he does. He did say, you know, I, I stole this from him. We, we we do seem to get one of these a year, which is like the the big budget blockbuster for adults sci fi film. But we're getting two this year, which is nice. But I, I think that really started with Gravity in 2013, and then we had after that Interstellar and The Martian. We'll see about that. Passengers could be for tweens, too, though. I'm not convinced that it's going to be adult-centric in nature. Yeah, I don't know anything about that movie. You're right. But it, it at least from a distance in the trailers I've seen, it seems not... Uh, not not know. just like a blatant cash-grab franchise, whatever. Right, right. It's not, it's not part of a cinematic universe. It's just about... No. <laughs> just about <laughs> yeah, not that we're aware of. But who knows? Who knows what the future will bring? Well, before we get too deep into this, Andrew, tell us what you're drinking. What are you enjoying? We have to bring back our beverage of choice segment, which has been gone for so long. Yeah, so I don't actually know. Uh, my wife made it for me. Thanks, Amanda. <laughs> uh, but it has bourbon, apple cider, and ginger beer in it, and it's really uh, quite a delightful fall combination. Uh, I wish I had more of it, actually, because I think I'm going to run out long before we're we're, uh. we're done. Uh, I don't think it has a name, but uh, we we also don't have any like beer or anything in the house because we're going away for Thanksgiving. So you know, <gasps> kind of like not trying to stock the fridge or anything. But no, that's what I'm. That's why I'm not drinking anything right now because I'm trying to rest my weary body for the next couple <laughs> days. So 
but I feel parched now, and that sounds like a delicious drink. So I feel I feel very left out. Well, at what point does Thanksgiving just become like a drinking fest? I don't I don't remember when that happened exactly, but you know, you just like I don't. I mean, I guess when my, my dad texted me today and asked what beer I wanted, and I gave him some ways. Like, you got it, and he's gonna go pick it up. So I don't know, but they're, but there's certainly we're certainly being enabled in a lot of ways. I would say. <laughs> so I, I'm not saying no. Well, it's not like you set out to like get like blasted or anything, but it's it's also like you're not you don't do anything, you don't go anywhere, and it's just your. I think family. that's the thing. Yeah. yeah, when you're sitting at home all day and you know you're not gonna get in the behind the wheel, right. and you know exactly. you're full anyway, you might as well keep drinking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> then you can go to the movies on Friday and then after you've That's had right. 27 beers and turkey you can barely remember yeah and you feel gross mm-hmm. well this podcast should be out by then so on your thing post thanksgiving you know movie trip consider arrival or not let's see, listen to our thoughts first and then decide for yourself whether you want to go andrew's review is up on inrealdeep.com if you want to go take a look um i think he, the word he used to describe it is meh yeah so tell us why. Tell us why it's a map. I want to hear you, as the reviewer. I want to hear your hot take on the book on the Facebook. I, I did call. I did go meh. Um, so well, let's set the set the stage here a little bit. So Arrival is our adult sci-fi movie of the year. Uh, it stars Amy Adams as a uh, a linguist who's who's uh, hired by the federal government to basically try and translate uh, an alien language. Um, after uh after like 12 i think it's 12 spacecrafts just alien spacecrafts just show up randomly in different places around the globe and like the aliens don't really attack or anything but they're also just kind of like hanging out so it is the the one of the dynamics of the film is that you know um basically around the globe people don't really know what to do there's kind of some panic going on but then you know amy adams's character is really trying to figure out, uh, you know, what is, what's, what's going on, uh, what, what, why they're there, right? That's, that's the, what they're saying, how to communicate with them. Yeah. And so she goes into this and this is one of the, I actually thought this was one of the cooler parts of the movie was just when they were first going into the alien chamber and it's like this weird airlock and then they're sort of like walking upside down because there's no gravity or not upside down, but kind of like up a wall basically. Um, and then they get in this this chamber with these creatures called heptapods, which kind of look like I don't know floating octopuses, kind of. And uh, <laughs> yeah. and there's like an opaque wall between them and the creatures, and they speak in this or write in the, I guess it's writing in this weird sort of circular ink blotty sort of language. And she's trying to figure out um, you know what they're saying, you know. So it's a it's on the surface. It's like a sort of a, a very cerebral film. There's no like alien goo going anywhere. There's not even like the tension of um, like the Martian or gravity. You know, where someone's trying to figure out how to like get back to Earth or, or something like that. Um, so it is like on the surface, like a very cerebral film. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I just. I feel guilty, honestly, complaining about a movie like this because I, I didn't. I, I enjoyed myself in the theater, but um, the, the 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 film just just didn't really resonate with me. Um, I, I think there's a couple of reasons. One, the 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 care. It's a it's a very good cast. Um, you know, besides, it's a four person cast essentially. It, but it is, but it's very very strong, right? So it's it's got mm-hmm. Michael Stuhlbarg, who people remember from. Uh, let's see what like a. Uh, 
uh, serious man or wait, is that the right one? Yeah, serious, serious man, man. His breakout and Boardwalk, Boardwalk Empire. Empire, and then uh, Forrest Whitaker from a lot of things, and uh, and Jeremy Renner. Um, but you know, I mean, other than Amy Adams's character, um, the rest are all sort of occupying these very um, one note sort of sort of. Oh, roles. they couldn't be more generic. Yeah. Like, it yeah, it's hard. Uh, and then you know, she she's sort of got this. The story is sort of told in. Um, what appears to be flashbacks, and I guess we do spoilers on the podcast, so they're not really flashbacks. There's this big twist um, that we can sort of get into more uh, later, but where she's sort of experiencing the, the tragic loss of her daughter as well, and uh, and I don't know, it just didn't, it didn't, the the I didn't, I wasn't like on, I was entertained by the story, but I was not on the edge of my seat. It wasn't like a thriller. Um, I was kind of bemused by the, some of the time travel stuff. Once it became clear that she was kind of going forward in time to answer questions in, in the past. And, um, you know, then, then there's this big twist and, you know, you learn the name of her daughter. And I was just saying this to you before we got on here, the name of her daughter is very close to my daughter's name. And, uh, I don't know, it just, it didn't really hit me. And I, I, I mentioned this in the review, but I, I would, if if this had emotionally resonated with me, like some of the even the other movies we've mentioned, like Gravity, uh, and not to say that I cried at the end of that movie, but in this case, it would have turned me into just a total <laughs> puddle of emotion, and it didn't really. And so, um, you know, it's it it's I'm glad to have a movie like this to go see. I wish there were more like this, and I think it's probably going to make a lot of money, although probably not as much as the three movies that we just talked about immediately yeah. preceded it. Um, but it just didn't. It was like, meh. It was like, okay, nice, nice film. <laughs> Not, nothing I'm going to like be sitting here three years from now thinking about really. Yeah. So. I hear you. And like, I mean, I, I think I might've liked it. I mean, I, I don't think you didn't like it at all, obviously, but I think it, um, it's interesting. Like it, it's, I think of the three you mentioned, it certainly compares the most to interstellar yeah. in that they both tackle time as like an element of their, mm-hmm. of their twist and of their, like the key crux that, that holds everything together. And I think that when I remember interstellar, which we talked about in a previous episode, and I haven't thought about it in a really long time until I saw this, but interstellar to me is, was very complicated and sort of convoluted and, I remember we talked about this before. There was the the J, the JPEG or the PDF file <laughs> yeah. with the plot of Interstellar laid out in like yeah. circle, fat, everything connected. And you, without that, it's really hard to totally get it. Yeah. Not that you need to totally get it, but it's nice, you know, if, if you you really want to figure out what the hell is going on. Arrival doesn't require that, and to me, I, I count that as a good thing because I thought it was nice that it's it's um there's there's holes in it and if you read like an online explainer or if you read about the short story that it's based on it fills in a lot of the gaps makes you go oh okay that makes a little more sense i get why maybe that character would do that because again the motivations are a little lax and the characters are even amy adams they're all fairly one like you said one-dimensional and boring and stereotype like there's just not a lot of meat to anybody but i thought it was good that it didn't require you to have to you know, bone up on it afterwards and learn every element of it and tie all the strings together. Like I just, I think there's a, when you, when people think of adult sci-fi now, and this isn't true with like the other ones you mentioned, maybe it's more just like the, the Nolan style of filmmaking, like the inception and the interstellar, like, which this certainly has some comparisons to again, it just, it feels like adult means complicated or adult means 
making you making you have to like learn about it afterwards and and, and read a lot of stuff. And I I don't think that is necessarily smart or adult. I just don't think those. I feel like there's a there's people combine the two, and I don't think. And I I like that this one gave you a little hint of that, but didn't lay it on so thick. Yeah, I mean, I I actually agree with you. Uh, in general, I I would just quibble specifically with the compare with 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 the comparison between the two movies because, so I I agree. I I don't. I'm not holding. A, I would never hold. A, and I mentioned this in the review that I thought Interstellar was quite a bit better. Um, and I don't think that uh, I don't think that it's a good thing that. Interstellar did require some legwork after to uh, to sort of grasp what the hell you were actually watching, but <laughs> yes. on, the, on the other hand, there were core parts of Interstellar that uh, I, I would say, in contrast, you know, t- to me saying Arrival wasn't emotionally resonant, there were core parts of Interstellar that were very resonant to me. Um, you know, with Matthew McConaughey's character. Um, going on this voyage and leaving his daughter, his young daughter, behind, and basically because of the the effects of time travel, which were explained well, uh, at mm-hmm. least in that context in, in Interstellar, um, basically he's going to miss most of her life, um, and that that had a real emotional pull. Also, because the relationship between him and his daughter w- was well cultivated at the start of the movie, um, if not, it was also a little over the top in terms of the way that was done, but it, it was, it was there. And, uh, um, and then, you know, I'd say, I, I think you made an interesting point. Like the, uh, the, I, I always say I like a, an adult movie like this to make me think, but I don't mean that I, personally, I don't mean that in the sense that like, I have to go and do a bunch of research online to figure it out. What sure. I guess I'm getting at is it makes me, it interstellar to me did a better job of making me think about, you know, father daughter relationship. And that was even before I had a, had a daughter, but it also, because of the whole setup, it also made me think more deeply. I think about, um, uh, the, the idea that, you know, I mean, basically climate change is like a, a core theme of that movie from the very beginning. The idea that we have to leave the planet cause we've destroyed it. Um, mm-hmm. and that, that is that, it made me think deeply on that. Uh, even if the, solution and the actually getting off the planet it was very convoluted and difficult to understand made me think more deeply arrival kind of had i feel like arrival has that a little bit you know sort of with like the inner the international relations but it's very like it's very lip service it doesn't like i didn't spend much of the movie thinking about that um and then there is this big twist which maybe we should talk about at this point yeah let's we 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 do twists on here and spoilers so where it turns out that amy adams is uh, tragedy or her, her dying daughter. She's actually starting, she's basically seeing into the future, uh, uh, as she, as she communicates more and more with these, these heptopod creatures. And so she's actually, um, basically like accepting part of the movie is her just basically accepting that she knows she's going to have this daughter with Jeremy Renner's character. And she knows she's going to die this early death and she's going to, you know, it'd be the worst thing that can happen to a parent. You know, you, you lose a, lose a child. Uh, and, and so my problem with that is that that didn't, wasn't really reveal revealed until the last few minutes of the movie. And I spent most of the movie thinking, Oh my God, we've got another, you know, another, you know, smart space woman 
<laughs> who who has a you know family tragedy tortured which, by who has a family tragedy which is exactly what happens in gravity <laughs> mm-hmm. um it's sort of basically the same thing um so it it's like there's this twist at the end that changes everything before it but to me it's like i spent the whole the entire movie thinking the other way and like the very end it wasn't enough really for me to like for it to flip it around. I don't know if that means the twist should have been revealed earlier or what, but it just, it just, I think you're right though. I work. think, I, I think building the relationship in interstellar, like went a long way towards making that just, you care more about, like, it's very hard to introduce a character for, you know, for five minutes and then, or if less than, and then just remove her from the rest of the movie, which meaning the kid, despite a couple of flashbacks. And then at the end, tie the whole like it's still a powerful thing like to to realize the decision she had to make but i don't think we were given enough maybe enough fuel to really grasp how much that how distraught she was or how much how power like i I, like it just it seems sort of like a a background information Mm -hmm. afterthought kind of thing and then all of a sudden it was the primary focus of everything yeah well and 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 in retrospect like i'm as a new basically a new parent i can't imagine having that knowledge i mean it's 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 uh, so in that sense, it's it's a good idea, I think, to sort of tap into. I mean, the when you have a child, the the it it opens up this new layer of vulnerability, um, where you know bad things can happen to your kid, and you can have no control over them, and um, so that's a really powerful thing, uh, you know, really powerful emotion to play upon. I just. I'm like I'm sitting here as the parent, <laughs> being like it didn't really play on me, even though I'm yeah. like, that should be the type of person that that should really have an impact on. So, yeah, I think you know, I think there's there's so the common thread there between you know that big the twist not resonating, the characters not resonating. I think you know the way uh, how do we say his name? Denis Villeneuve. Do you know how to say his last name? I think it's Denis Villeneuve. Dennis Villeneuve, I were probably butchering that, yeah. but you're better at this than I am, so I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> but his, but I mean, and like he's done movies, several other movies have been more character driven, but I feel like this one is a lot of it is so much of it is tone, so much of it is the score, so much of it is the general sort of mm-hmm. awe of the situation, and you know the one woman trot like you know struggling to figure things out. Like I feel like all those elements it does really well, but like we said, the rest of it like the the story is sort of ludicrous, like. The only people, so so this is like uh, the sh- only ship in the United States lands in Montana, and running the show is Michael Stuhlbarg, one CIA guy, Forrest Whitaker, one army guy. There's really no, there's not that much communication with like other leaders. Like, there's a lot of people there, but there's not like you think this. Everyone would be there if this was happening. Like, they all seem to be underselling it to a certain it's, extent. It's not like a couple days either. It's clear that it's like yeah, it's like weeks. months and months. Yeah. She learns the language almost in its entirety as much as she can in the time that they're there. <laughs> And it's just, and there's, you know, and stuff like that is just very, like, it's it just, it, but so I feel like it's sort of, but that's sort of to its credit. And then I, I think it sort of ties in what I said. It's, it's, it's all kind of vague. It's less certain. It's less defined. So that way, like, the twist and, like, the story, you don't, like, you don't sit back and wonder, like, hmm, why did that happen? Or wait, I don't yeah. get this. Like, you just sort of. I feel like it lets you buy into it a little more, but it's less real and less tangible. So you walk away less, you know, concerned or nitpicky but maybe also less engaged with the the product as a whole Uh, yeah i will say like it does you know it's interesting we brought up interstellar right because like christopher nolan is sort of known for like he 
he comes right out with a rule set, you know, uh, in his movie and then in movies and then he sticks to it. Even in like Batman, you know, I mean, the, mm-hmm. ba- the Batman rule set is Batman won't kill. Right. And, yep. um, and I think Interstellar is like probably one of the worst examples he has of establishing those, that rule set clearly. Like Inception, you brought that up. That's a great, that's a great one where the rules like don't even make sense when you really think about them, but <laughs> like they're just, he commits to them so hard they and then you just get sucked into the story. Um, yep. And like, you know, with 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 I, I agree that the arrival constructs a good rule set that even though it's kind of flimsy when you again when you think about it for more than five seconds, it it sticks to it and it's straightforward and it's easy to understand. Um, I just I just felt yeah, like it's bare minimum. I, I felt like it was just kind of a cold and distant movie honestly and uh, yeah and i just i just didn't uh i didn't i didn't i didn't latch on to it the way i i sort of sort of thought i i would and that's interesting that you brought up and i think that's actually a good way to like that's harsher language than i use but i think you're you're 100 right though because i think another movie it's easy to compare it to is contact yeah. which i think most people our age probably saw when they were like nine or ten and also and then we're confused that this alien movie had no aliens in it and it wasn't cool and yeah. made you like <laughs> a lot of talking, which I remember being very perplexed yeah, about yeah, when I was a child. Yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of like you know the the female lead obviously, and um the and like this the the more dialogue driven communication centric story as opposed to like actually meeting the aliens and fighting them of course. Uh, but then also there's you know one of the big storyline elements in Contact is that there's a sabotage effort by Gary Busey's son on the <laughs> pod and he blows it up and it kills Tom Skerritt and it ruins everything. And it's like this horrible life altering moment and it changes the whole complexion of the movie. But in, in arrival, there's also like a similar type plot from some of the army guys who are, who are on the scene, but they're nameless characters. Their motivations are flimsy at best and then after the, the plot ends, which actually the best part of that is how the aliens save everyone, save Amy Adams, right. and Jeremy Renner, and, right. and one sacrifices himself in the process, which is even more poignant when you realize they knew it was going to happen and right. they still stood there and like, you know, didn't save themselves as quickly as they could have because they wanted to, they're trying to get their message across or whatever their motivations were. But it's the point being those army guys, when it's all over, they, they sort of just wreck <laughs> out of the way and say, ah, oh, you know, they were watching too much TV. And like this, the army guys blew up an alien ship. They betrayed their orders. They were shooting their men. You heard like gunfire outside of the spaceship. That is the biggest thing that ever happened in the history of the world. <laughs> if that had happened in real life, that would like that potentially could alter the exist, the, the trajectory of the human race across the board. And this, the, the army doctor just writes it off in two seconds. And we pretty much move on like with that sort of coloring what happened, but really not at all. Like it didn't really affect anybody that much. And like, that's so weird and it's very cold and it's very sort of calculating. And it sort of just gives you like a tense moment for a second and then just throws it away and says, I hey, don't worry about that. Now back to the story. And it's a weird thing to do with a, with a, you know, when you, again, when I think about a movie like Contact, which, which did that, which for its flaws when I was 10, did that whole, sold that whole part extremely well and made it feel like what it was, which is like a life altering, deathly sad moment. Yeah. Contact is one of those movies that like in retrospect is a lot better than like I've, I, I totally saw it like probably when I, I don't know what, 13. So same, like, you know, same sort of age where I didn't really. I'm like, oh, there's a lot of talking, but yeah, that was a very, 
um, effective movie. I think it was written by Carl Sagan, so that probably makes a lot a lot of sense. It was. I just looked it up right now. Yeah. Yeah. So so Carl Sagan's probably a little bit more of a, a thinker than uh, whoever whoever wrote this movie. Um, not that that's a not that that's really like damning of that person. I mean, Carl Sagan's a very deep thinker. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the other thing you know that. You know, we've talked about like every space movie, and um, uh, the one I would add now at this point is uh, you know 2001, um, especially in the very beginning when they're sort of uh, uh, they get get like those orange suits on and they're going into the chamber and there's the weird perspective like that is like almost aped yeah. largely out of like different parts of 2001, um, and I guess that's the other thing it feels like a almost like a compilation of like <laughs> greatest greatest hits from other space movies it's like it's like yeah. there's a lot of similarities to, to a lot of different ones and but it doesn't i don't want to say it's like totally aping them there isn't a, there 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 are like original ideas at the heart of this and um but it just it feels like i guess what i'm getting at is it feels like this different parts of this movie were done a lot better by in, in other different movies you know what i mean yeah i I get what you're saying and i and i think you know you just talking about it more and more since i got out of it it sort of swayed me to that line of thinking i think i enjoyed it in the moments and afterwards i sort of i totally see where you're coming from and it's i mean i think one of the interesting elements of it that um again in its vagueness it doesn't really emphasize so much but thinking about the story from the point of view of the aliens like their their goals are pretty vague. They sort of hint that they want humans. The humans they're gonna need humans help in thousands of years. So they're sort of like a very long term plan in mind. But they like whatever they're trying to do. Like they sit down and they like have these months of conversation with Amy Adams. And they obviously they they can see the future. They know what's gonna happen. And they're just basically going through the motions every day. That means right. they're just showing up right. and trying to teach Amy Adams the shit she needs to know she can move along this whole process so like that must have been very debilitating and sad for those heptapods they must have really not liked that whole process at all maybe the movie would have been more effective if they if dennis villeneuve had told told it in two parts like a uh, handmaiden from two different perspectives it's on <laughs> yeah. like one different side of the wall it would have been very sexy if they had adopted that strategy as well. Sexy heptapods. have you ever seen the handmaiden that's a movie andrew and i saw recently together and we it was very we we could barely look at each other in the eye afterwards because <laughs> it's, it's uncomfortable to be sitting next to a, <laughs> another a, another grown a man. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, yeah, but I but I think you know it is like you said. I think that and we, and we say that I think literally every time we talk about these movies, we loop back to this point. But I am glad that a movie like this exists. Like yeah. I really like Sicario. Yes. Um, I like this. I think that the Dennis Villeneuve is a is a good director who yeah. does very solid work, and it's interesting. And it didn't make it, it's a bit of a letdown that it had a you know a great cast and a great general premise, and it didn't make perfect use of them. But I think it's still it's it's in the right place, and it tries to do something a little different. And and it's and hopefully and it seems like it's being well received by the people, and it's making a good amount of bucks. Like, I think it's already made its budget back. And like, that's, that's fantastic. Like that's, it's, and it's great to see like Amy Adams in a, yeah. in a lead role like that, where she gets to, you know, it's I just, so there, there's a lot of net positives and well, that's usually the net positives we see from as like movie nerd dudes who yeah. care about, you know, 
a few, you know, in three years, will they make another movie sort of like this? Because this one did okay. But I mean, that's sort of how it goes. Like, I feel like if you care, you need to support movies like these and and root for them and hope that this leads to to others of the similar sort. Well, I mean, yeah, it's Thanksgiving weekend, and yeah, even though I've spent like a half hour trashing it and like not trashing it, I'm not <laughs> I'm not trying to trash it. I'm just I'm just I wanted more from this movie, really. I, I guess, and that's expectations are obviously built into sort of every review. You can't help help help, but but think that way. But anyway, you know, it's Thanksgiving weekend. And if you're looking for a movie to take, to, you know, to go to with like your adult children, this is probably the one I would recommend. Um, I mean, you know, there's some other stuff out like Moana. If you've got like small kids, that's probably what you should take them to go see. But, but mm-hmm. like this and allied are probably pretty much it. If you want to go see something that, you know, is, um, is not a merchandising vehicle and you know it's it's good to have an option like that (laughs) sure so so, especially you know i i feel i don't know i i feel like i've missed a lot of the movie calendar this year but it's felt like a pretty light unserious year um so so in that context this is a this is a very good thing to to have uh, yeah it's got some stuff it's got some ideas it's got some you know some mold breaking elements yeah. What did you think? Did you think my last question to you? I think I'm curious. We haven't even talked about this. The scene where she is is meeting the Chinese general in the future, and he's telling her what to do. Did you think that was horribly contrived, or did you find that were you actually like uh, captivated by that? I think I was captivated by that just because it was kind of that was basically the first time where you kind of got the sense that oh, she's all of a sudden she traveling in the future. So I think it worked for me, even though like it it did feel a little. I, I guess it was contrived, but it worked for me. I don't know. Sitting. On I the, like it, the mindset yeah. of he must have learned the language as well because he's obviously knows exactly what's going on, right. and she didn't plan that, so he must have also been able to see into the future as well and known that was going to happen. Then why wouldn't? Yeah, so that opens up a whole can of worms. Then because why didn't she know that was going to happen? But he seemed to be very confident in it. And it's value, like it's it's it, time travel make, mur- muddies the waters, and I think anytime you try and figure all that out, it's not going to end well for anybody. Yeah, well, this reminds me of one other movie, which is uh, Looper, which which I actually quite liked, but uh, yeah, when you stop to think for like five seconds about a hitman going back in time to kill a younger version of himself, it like or going forward in time. I can't even remember. It's yeah. It just, it kind of melts your brain. <laughs> You're like, uh, it's a what? Lot. yeah. Yeah. This <laughs> is why there are probably time travelers among us. We just can't figure it out because it just, it doesn't. Make <laughs> yeah. They're just not, they just, they can't, they're not hanging out. They're not telling us what's up. Well, even if they could, it probably are just face would melt like the guy in Raiders of the Lost Ark or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, again, though, if there, there are much worse choices you can make on your um, on your Thanksgiving Friday or this weekend. So, kudos to to them for you know getting this out there and, and it, catching a little bit of a wave here and being very popular. But perhaps they are overrating it a tad. And I need to revisit Interstellar now. I think it's time to to see upon second. I hear on second viewing, it's a lot better, and you stop worrying about the logistics and you just enjoy the other elements. So I look forward to that. Cause that probably is, that is one of the crutches with all these, you know, or one of the handicaps of these movies. I think you're, 
you're not guessing you're not waiting for something to for a twist necessarily or a shock or a, a big element but you sort of are trying to piece everything together as opposed yeah. to losing yourself in the experience and the best ones sort of balance those two out and i don't think this one particularly succeeded in that regard yeah that's why i would still say that like of the four films we talked about i'd still say that gravity is probably the best one at least that i saw in the theater because you spend almost zero time thinking about anything and you're totally absorbed in the in the experience of what Sandra Bullock's going through. It almost yeah. probably tips too far. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's too focused on that. It's basically a character study, but um, that, uh, that it's, that, that is a totally, a, a, that was a totally absorbing experience, especially in the theater. I have to say, I've watched it on the small screen and it just is like, Mm, I don't know. It's like, I, can't I just watch this on like a 90 foot wall? It was much cooler on like a 90 <laughs> foot wall. Uh, and I think this with the booming score and the chanting and the landscapes and the giant spaceship, I think that will, this one will probably be better served in theaters as well. Agree. The score really is fantastic. Johan Johansson is the, the composer of Sicario and of this and theory of everything, which I know you love that score. And yep. it's just, it's one of the best, most unique scores I've heard in a really long time. It's not as non-traditional about it as it gets for like a sci-fi movie, and I thought yeah. it was wonderful. Yeah, the chanting is almost like uh, like native or something, or aboriginal or something. I don't know. Yeah, and it, it like it like mixes between being haunting and sort of scary, and then sort of being reassuring at times yeah. too. Like yeah. it doesn't really you don't it it sort of suits the mood of where the movie is as opposed to changing its tone or tenor as it goes, which is really interesting. Yeah. Yes good dude that, that, there you go that good Johan. job johan yeah Atta boy. <laughs> Fr- friend of the podcast yeah i wish maybe he'll come on we lo- i love him i'm raving about him <laughs> yeah. all right well andrew it was a pleasure as always to chat with you read his review on inrealdeep.com for more arrival goodness uh we're starting to kick things up a notch now i got another review that should be coming up very shortly of the aforementioned handmaiden which is a great korean erotic drama so if you like uh maybe andrew's been doing a lot of animated gifs lately so maybe i'll drop some of those in which would be probably get our site banned from google if i did that at least that page of it yeah at least the safe search would not be would not be a fan yeah that's for sure that's for sure (laughs) but please yeah enjoy our site and enjoy your thanksgiving and for all you as always for all you for all your korean erotica fans out there just scary (laughs) 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 <laughs> nothing like turkey and naked people yeah totally <laughs> alright for Andrew and for myself we'll be seeing you further on up the road adios adios